Hey everyone, welcome to the Happy Flosser podcast. My name is Billy Lunt. I am your host, and I am here to talk to you about all things dental hygiene to support you on your journey through the dental hygiene program. Welcome, so glad to have you. Hey everyone. In this episode, we're going to pick up the conversation where we left off, talking about the business of dental hygiene and talking about maybe some key performance indicators and measurables that we look at inside clinical practice, some of the analytics that we look at in order to understand the level of services that we provide and also look for strategies and ways that we can improve and grow as a communicator, as a listener, as a provider. Because dental intelligence, um, the future of our practices, we use data. And if our practice wants to grow or we want to improve our patient outcomes, then we want to be able to have some of these indicators and practice management models that really work to help us move in that direction with really not a lot of changes in what we're doing. We're talking about taking ourselves from a very elevated place, which is where we all are anyway, right? We wanna meet the needs of our patients. And in order for us to meet the needs of our patients, we come completely prepared and ready to go. So a lot of these things, that I'm going to talk about are things that just, it's a focus, right? It's just something where, oh yes, you do this, but let's do it like this and then add this other layer to it because it will take it to the next level for you to be more effective, a better communicator, develop better relationships with your patients and have better outcomes for their overall health. And at the same time, grow the practice and keep your dental hygiene program really healthy in the office where you work. Now, when I was a dental hygiene student and I first got out into practice, the last thing I was thinking about was, how am I going to be a better producer? Because I think when you first hear those ideas, you think about just seeing more patients in a day. And it's like, well, how could I possibly see more patients in a day and be super productive and efficient, right? So some of the misconceptions are that you just have to have a tighter schedule and have patients every 30, 45 minutes and you're running a profi mill. And it's actually quite the opposite. Some of the key performance indicators tell us that it's all about relationship building and correctly diagnosing to the highest level of your scope and using all that you learned in school to do a thorough assessment and then communicating that with your patient in a way that they understand. So what does that look like? The reality is if you have an awareness of the metrics of your office, for example, how many active patients come to your practice, that will let you know the health of your practice and whether or not you need to recruit new patients or do you have a strong enough patient pool already? And is you, do you have a vibrant office for the number of dental hygienists that work there? If you're constantly trying to fill your schedule and you have lots of holes in your schedule, maybe no matter how much effort you put in, you're still going to have those challenges because you don't have enough active patients. 
So how do you determine the number of active patients? It's the number of patients that have been seen within the last 18 months. And a hygienist should be involved in this piece of the practice so that you can measure the impact on the health and well-being of the dental hygiene program within your practice. These active patients that have been seen within the last 18 months should have an appointment on the books. So before they leave your chair or before they walk out of the office, they should have another appointment scheduled. And one of the things that you can do to help the front desk is to schedule that appointment six months plus two weeks away. If your patient comes every six months for a visit, because that's what helps them maintain the health of their mouth, and you book them six months plus two weeks out, that gives you two weeks worth of patients six months from now to fill holes in your schedule without impinging on their ability to have coverage from their dental insurance benefit for that appointment. So for example, if you book your patient six months plus one day away down the road, six months from now, if you have an opening in your schedule, you can't call that patient because their insurance won't cover them. Or if you do call them and they do you a favor and come in early for their appointment, they're not going to have coverage under their dental insurance benefit. So there are some things that you can do to improve the outcomes of your patients and still keep a mindful eye on some of the problems that exist with schedules. It's important to keep track of how many new patients you see in a month. This will really help you know whether you're growing. If you're not growing, that's not a good sign. So whether or not you are a new hygienist or a hygienist who's been in the practice and has developed lots of relationships with patients, you should still be seeing new patients on a routine basis. So you wanna keep that in mind and follow those metrics. One of the other indicators that a practice should watch is the hygiene visits per hour. And that's calculated by taking the total number of visits, not the number of patients seen, and dividing it by the actual clinical hours. And this lets you know kind of the efficiency level. One trend that has really picked up in popularity and speed because of its efficiency, effectiveness, and compliance is the morning huddle. And I've seen lots of morning huddles in my time as a hygienist. And you do morning huddles in school with your faculty. The morning huddle might look a little different when you're out in private practice. And each practice will run a little bit different as far as what the expectations of the morning huddle are. What are you supposed to bring for information about your patients to the morning huddle? And what is the purpose of the morning huddle? Having that information will give you a key understanding of what information you're going to look for in order to be prepared for this morning huddle. What most dentists will expect of you in the morning huddle is a very clear, concise report about your patient. Does your patient require pre-med? Does your patient have pending treatment? Does your patient 
did your patient have any recent dentistry done? So we can check in on that. Are there any situations or family concerns with that patient? Did your patient have any recent new chronic illness or diagnosis? Something that you want to highlight about each and every patient. And there should be a brief summary, brief something said about every patient coming into your schedule. Even if you say, little Katie uh, is coming in at two o'clock. She lost a tooth last time when she came in. Just something brief. This will provide the dentist with just a little summary of your day. And then they can prioritize that information. You could also indicate maybe some flag things. You know, John's coming in at nine o'clock and he lost his sister right after the last time we saw him. So you can provide the dentist with an opportunity to have the right approach with that patient. Remember, these are people, these are relationships that we're having with these people. And sometimes it's way outside of their dental needs. Sometimes you are looking in their charts and you're reviewing some of the information that's important to bring up at the huddle because you want the entire team to be involved in the care of the patients that you are seeing. And it starts when they walk in the door. The morning huddle is really geared towards all the providers coming together and saying, listen, here's my patients that I'm seeing today. Here's what I've looked at their charts and discovered as their most pressing need. And for one patient, it might be that they just had a crown done a couple of weeks ago. Let's check and see how that's feeling. And for another patient, it might be that they just uh, got in a car accident a couple of weeks ago, and we're just checking on them uh, to see how they're feeling. You know, it's people are all over the place and what their challenges are. And so it's really important for us to have that morning huddle so that as a team, we can move forward with each human being that comes into the building and really find out how we can best suit, uh, best meet their needs. It's also important for us to uh, do an analysis on how many new patients are staying with us and building those relationships with us and allowing us to provide those services to them. If we're seeing lots of new patients, but they're not sticking around, that's a key performance indicator that we really need to take a closer look at and discover the why. What do we need to change? What do we need to do differently in order to change those numbers, right? Numbers are very black and white with no emotion. And that can really serve a a huge purpose for us to take a good look at ourselves to see where we're going and if we're doing the right things to get the right results. I personally think the best thing you can do as a hygienist is to set goals for yourself, right? Really look at how you communicate with your patients. Find out what you can do to close the gap between the services that you recommend to the patient and then the services that they accept or schedule. If there's a communication gap there, there's going to be a gap in those numbers. And this is really an area where you can blossom because if you can figure out what barriers are between you and your patient as far as what you recommend for them and then what they actually go forward and do, you will be able to develop skills to help bring your patient down the path to a better oral health outcome. And this is a skill that doesn't always come natural to hygienists. We usually don't take enough time in the education process to really understand what we need to do in order to change a behavior of our patient 
to move forward in accepting treatment that is recommended by the dentist and moving forward with care so that they can improve their oral health. Wherever you end up working, whatever type of facility that you work in, remember everything that you've learned in school. We take an oath to practice at the highest level when we provide care to our patients. What I have discovered in the business of dental hygiene is that if I take the numbers and learn more about how I communicate with patients and are patients listening to me when I explain the benefit of their preventive dentistry and some of the needs that they have, if I can really take the time to communicate better to build better relationships with my patients, to understand changes that I need to make in order to improve those health outcomes of my patient. As a side effect, I'm able to treat more patients. I'm able to have a healthier dental hygiene program. I can take the lens and focus off the restorative side and really focus on the preventive side of dentistry, which is where dental hygiene thrives. We are preventive specialists, and that's what we should be focused on. Are you talking about fluoride to your patients? Are you talking about sealants to your patients? Are you talking about home care habits to your patients? And some of the preventive strategies that I've talked about in other episodes. What about their diet based on their caries risk? What about some of their other health issues, some of their chronic diseases and illnesses that are a contributing factor to their periodontal disease? Or is their periodontal disease contributing to their chronic illness? If we really focus on how we communicate with our patients, the numbers will tell us how we can improve. By improving our communication, by really structuring our dental hygiene program in our office to have good huddles that are thought-provoking and intentional to meet the specific needs of each patient that comes into our practice, I'm telling you, you can't help but have a healthy dental hygiene program when you do this. Your patients will know that they are being cared for by somebody who cares about their preventive needs. People out there are sick. They need our guidance. They trust our education. They trust that we are there to help them with some of this prevention. And prevention is a lot less expensive for our society, for our patients. And we have better health outcomes when we address things early and often. It can get exhausting and daunting and a little bit overwhelming to take on the challenge of being a dental hygienist who is constantly trying to create changes in behavior for our patients. But I promise you, by using some of those indicators like your huddle, your new patients, what's the health of your team? How is everybody meeting the needs of the patients together as a group? This will go a long way at helping you keep a strong dental hygiene department within your practice so that you can meet the needs of more and more patients along your path to being a better communicator as a dental hygienist. One other thing I'd just like to say because I feel like it just needs to be said because in general, dental hygienists, we're, we're kind of perfectionists and you know we're passionate about what we do. That's one of the things I love about it. We're, those are my people. You guys are my people. But I just want to say, be kind to yourself. 
honestly, the first time I looked at the information or the data or the numbers in the dental hygiene practice that I was working in, I was really hard on myself because I would have called myself a really good communicator. And of course, patients listened to me. And the numbers didn't indicate that what I was thinking and feeling was actually true. So I had a lot of room to grow. And at first, I was a little disappointed in myself because I was like, well, why is that? And when you start really looking at how the numbers correlate with the needs of your patient and then in turn correlate with your communication efforts, take down the, you know, the self-inflicting uh, wounds, stop beating on yourself a little bit and know that this is just human behavior, right? And if you can actually learn ways to improve your patient's overall health by changing the way that you communicate with them, taking the time to understand them, to listen to them, and to really be mindful of how you're making your patient feel and not assuming, right? Because that was what the problem I was having. If somebody asked me if I was good at communicating to my patients and meeting my patients' needs, I would have definitely said yes. And the numbers said otherwise, I'm being totally honest. But a good hard look at yourself and you can say, oh gosh, I have so many areas that I can improve. And what you start to notice is that by making those changes, patients change and they start to feel like they're being heard. And then they start to listen to your recommendations. And at the end of the day, the changes in the behaviors that they make, make it worth it for you to just humble yourself and say, okay, so these are some communication changes that I can make. And that is the natural business side of dental hygiene. This is a healthcare profession. We're healthcare professionals. We're here to provide services to patients to help them prevent dental decay and periodontal disease. But on the path to doing that, we have to learn a little bit about the business side of dentistry so that we can figure out how we fit in that model and how we can still be in charge of how to best move forward with that model to meet the needs of our patients. I promise you that is doable for you and following your dental hygiene oath on that path is my best advice. I would invite you to ask any questions at all that you need answered. Sometimes questions come up when you're listening to this podcast. If you have a question, most likely someone else has the very same question. I'd be happy to answer it and would probably share it in a future podcast.